This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. At some point far in the future, historians will probably ask, what was daily life like in the early 21st century? Well, one thing we know for sure. Nobody will ever point to these two clowns and say, this was how you should have been stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and how do you connect with busy, successful people? How do you know if it's time to extend your circle so you're constantly pushing yourself to be better? On today's show, we'll share our best tips to improve your circle and how to trim the fat. To help in our discussion, it's the headmaster of the Stacking Benjamins Money Club, Erin Velke. Plus, from an undisclosed location, who does she think she is, Len Penzo? From a Ford Anything podcast, say hello to Paula Pant. And last, a guy who'd love to buy a plane to fly away from his friend circle. It's OG. Headed back to school next year? Have a child in high school or college? How do you find as much college money as possible? We'll take a quick break with our roundtable team to chat with the scholarship shark, Pam Andrews. Finally, we'll save time to magnify a listener's money and the part of this show that keeps all of you coming back for more, my amazing musical trivia. And now, a guy who's been trying to get into my inner circle for years, it's Joe Salcihai. There are truths and there are half-truths and then there are bald-faced lies. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Fake News Friday. My name is Joe Saul. See how I average Joe on money on Twitter. And 
I love being the first one, hopefully, to uh, say happy weekend to you. And let's meet the team who's going to help you increase your circle of friends. Let's start across the card table from me, a guy that I've been lucky to call my friend for a long time, Mr. OG. See, no snark or anything. I said it without any sarcasm, just straight out said it. Uh, You're welcome. How are you? I'm great. You don't know what to say now, do you? Because I gave you a compliment. You you said that you were uh, happy to call me a friend and I said, you're welcome. Eight. That's exactly what I <laughs> what I was going to say. Anyways, so uh, so that's good. It's uh, three weeks from Christmas, so I'm excited. I by the way, I was so excited about this. I actually bought you the best Christmas gift ever. Really? I ordered it. I ordered it already. It's on the way to my house, where I will package it up and send it to you. And it is. I probably didn't order enough of them. I saw this thing and I was super excited. I ordered enough of them, them like a fleet of uh, of Aston Martins. Well, no, no. No, as in, as in, I went, I have so many people I could give this to, I should just buy the entire stock. And, wow. and then I thought, well, 15 is probably enough. And then I was like, nah, I don't know. I might end up having to get more, but uh, right. so stand by for more info. How about that? Uh, from an undisclosed location, let's say hello to the woman behind the Afford Anything podcast, who's hopefully buying me 15 of something. Paul, you buy me 15 of something for Christmas? Sure. Yeah. 15 uh, lumps of coal, 15 paper clips, 15 thumbtacks. See, love between Paula and I runs strong as well. I can see. Ooh, 15 toenail clippers. Oh, nice. That's like a lifetime supply. You will never run out. Oh, I can only use 10. Like if I'm labeling them, like which toe? toe? (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be funny if you picked up a toenail clipper and somebody's like, whoa, that's the pinky one. Wrong one. (laughs) Wrong, wrong one. And the guy who's already wondering what the hell he's doing here, that we called him the head of the Stacking Benjamins Money Club, which of course is the way we like to introduce him. He thinks of himself maybe a little broader than that. The head of the Ornis Academy, teaching lots of people about money. Aaron Velke's here. How are you, man? Oh, dude, I'm fascinated by this conversation already because I'm not sending you anything. So I'm just picking up the ideas of, of what not to send you. Fantastic. He's like, I already knew I wasn't getting Joe crap. You're giving us the gift of your time today by being on the show with us. Well, I'm elated to be here. It's a, it's going to be a great day. I hope everybody's having a good day and heads into the weekend strong. Tell everybody a little bit about Ordis Academy outside of the money club. Well, you know, we're really trying to revolutionize the conversation of money and, and bring it away from this like really taboo space where, we're not vulnerable. We don't open up. We don't talk about it. And we've got some employee wellness programs. We've got some elite programs for the ambitious. And I think we have a lot of fun making the conversation of money normal and really working to, to change lives. So it's dude, just a tremendous career. You and I first met when I read about just how successful you guys have been in an area that is notoriously unsuccessful like financial literacy programs just normally don't have great success rate. You guys have already had a really great track record. Can you tell us a little bit about what the difference is in your secret sauce that maybe gets people to change their behavior? Uh, Sure. I will just have to go out and find everyone that listens to this um, and make sure they, they seal their trap. But you know, it's, it's actually very simple. It's, can we talk about why before how, Right. Can we create some context so that there's a reason that you go into this? You're willing to change. You're excited about it. And the, the science of that is social emotional learning. But the, the practical application of that is, hey, what do you want? What's important to you? What, why do you want 
to change? Why do you want more money? Rather than, hey, sit down, we're going to tell you what you need, how you like it, and what we want. So you just button up and sit tight. And we've got a very different approach, and that seems to be working well. Hey, and by the way, big thanks to Fiverr for supporting Stacking Benjamins. Fiverr's online marketplace connects businesses with freelancers offering hundreds of digital services, graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, and more. Get 10% off by going to fiverr.com. Use code SBSTACKERS. It's fiverr.com. Use code SB. Aaron is a guy who surrounds himself with great people like us. And we've got Paula here who, who also surrounds herself with great people like us. I surround myself with people like, oh, gee, I don't even know where the hell this is going. We're going to talk about building your network today. Let's get this party started. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamins Headlines. I was so sure that you were going to say, I surround myself with great people like me. <laughs> well, you know, I was saving that. That, that was horrible. <laughs> you that were was, thinking it. It was a horrible way to introduce everything. It's like, well, my ego's huge. Here we go. <laughs> uh, but this is something very important is to know who you're spending your time with. And we're going to reference a piece from TonyRobbins.com today. This is where we got the idea for this discussion. And Tony has a list of four ideas when it comes to networking. And, and also the reason I thought about networking is on a normal year, We'd all be headed into the holiday season and holiday parties, and it seems like there's lots of get-togethers. This year, those might be on Zoom, might be a little different, but still, the chance of you needing to think about your network this time of year, probably a little bigger than any other any other month as we head into December. But the first one here is to let go of negative relationships, and I think Aaron, as our guest, we'll start with you. Man, it seems like we all have a ton of relationships already. And Tony's telling us, maybe we start with finding out who's the person I shouldn't be with. I think that's a great place to start. Look, out of this list of four, this is the only one that I will say I support. This list of four, starting with this one, is is really intelligent. This, for a lot of people, may seem like you just you text somebody and say, I'm never going to talk to you again. And in my opinion... You've got to go with a little bit of distance before you truly let go. But if I'm really going to dive in on, on the how to, this is a very small piece, right? Letting go of, of your relationships that are negative is only a small part of the equation. And I think the, the bigger focal point is how do you get around the right people? So the next three you're saying are really big. This one, focus on less. Yeah, this is only a small piece compared to how do you get around the right people and the article actually makes it very blunt, right? It basically tells you that you need to do this. But the the advice that I would have is ask really good questions. Ask the people that you look up to to introduce you to other people. And if I make a three, because I like making triangles out of stuff, the third one would be go online and find the people that you want to be around. That takes a little bit of intention, but those are much more of a how-to than the three, the bottom three in this four point guide. Paula, are you with Aaron on that one? Yeah. I mean, I think that being additive can sometimes be more powerful than being subtractive, you know, like letting go of what's weighing you down is great. But if you don't replace, if you don't substitute the, those toxic people with good new additions, surrounding yourself with people who are 
going to inspire and elevate you, then essentially all that will happen is you'll, you maybe at best, you'll let go of the bad in place of the mediocre, or maybe you'll simply let go of the bad in place of what later in hindsight turns out to be just as bad. It sounds like Aaron, getting back to you, what you're kind of saying is that instead of I mean, it sounded like at the start of your discussion there that you were talking about ghosting people, right? To, to some degree, just ghost. But it sounds like as you kept talking and, and Paula, as you were talking, I started thinking maybe it's not so much ghosting as you just don't have time for them anymore. You're so surrounded by great people that you just kind of naturally push away negative people. True? True. And, and here's how I think about it, right? There was a point in my life where washing my own car was really fun and exciting. Now I don't have time for that. I don't go out to my car and consistently like talk to it and apologize to it. I just focus on the things I need to focus on. So by introducing a new subset of people, of individuals that you can hang out with that do elevate you, that are additive, you're going to create the space almost as a byproduct of these new conversations, these new dialogues and this new network. And it'll pull you. You don't have to worry about pushing. You'll get pulled. Oh, gee, do you apologize to your car when you don't wash it? My car's been in the shop for six and a half weeks. It has been, but I like your uh, courtesy <laughs> car you're driving around, though. Yeah, another uh, another story for another time, I suppose. I think that when it comes to letting go of negative relationships, here both of y'all are talking about people, but I think this can also be other things as well, especially this time of year where it starts getting dark early and stuff like that. I know I found myself going, oh, it must be time for bed. What time is it? It's been, oh, it's 6.45. <laughs> okay, not quite time for bed yet. You know, I got to drag it out for another two and a half hours, right? Till it's like a respectable 930 early bedtime. So what do we fill that time with? Sometimes we fill it with good things and productive things, but a lot of times we fill it with just a whole bunch of garbage. We fill it with television or we fill it with periodicals that are useless or, you know, movies that we've seen a hundred times and things like that. I think in addition to looking at from a relationship standpoint of people, you can look at the relationship of where you spend your time and say, well, if I were to remove that, what would I, like you guys are saying, what would I fill that with? And maybe you can't get, you know, this is an article on Tony Robbins. Maybe you can't get Tony Robbins in your circle, but he's written a whole crap load of books. You could read that stuff. Or, you know, maybe there's a program through masterclass or something that you can replace that with. So that's another way to think about this negative thing versus positive thing from a personal standpoint. I was reading a piece in The Atlantic recently, uh, I believe that's where it was, talking about how Masterclass was created. And what I found really interesting was what they really are selling is access. Kind of exactly what you're talking about, OG, that because of technology, these people want to leave a legacy, right? Steve Martin wants to talk about how he does comedy. And it's so well done that they want to leave this this uh, good feeling and give many people that and you kind of feel because you're in the class that you're getting taught by this master. And they said, it's not so much teaching as it is feeling that Robin Roberts is talking to me about communication. I just watch the one on barbecue over and over again. So oh, if it's food, I watch it. If it's anything useful, I don't know, but I can, I can smoke the heck out of a brisket now. Paula, you're one of the few people I've seen in the past year face to face, or if it feels like the past year face to face. And you were telling me something interesting about point number two here, which is what OG's pointing to surrounding yourself with people who elevate you. And you were saying that when you collaborate on things, those are some of the most fun times that you have. Like collaborating with people doesn't just elevate you. It elevates your work, elevates your mood, elevates everything around you. 
Absolutely. One of my big realizations in 2020 is is that I truly don't like working alone, which is a funny thing to say when you're self-employed and you work from home. Um, it's, you know, the, the nature of my job and the setup of what I do is fundamentally very solo. And in previous years, when I could fly to conferences, uh, and go to meetups and go to camp mustache and camp FI camp financial independence, because I was traveling so much and going to so many FI personal finance related events, I didn't really notice that I wasn't enjoying the time in which I was at home alone because that time was punctuated by all of these opportunities to socialize. Now in 2020, without the distraction of all of that travel being there, I've become very aware of the fact that if I have to work alone, I just really freaking don't like the work that I'm doing. I don't, you know, but like, so you and I, not to plug my own show, but it's a great show. Um, (laughs) But but you and I record, uh, we answer questions that come in from my audience Half of those episodes I do solo and half of them I do with you. And the ones that I do with you, I enjoy a heck of a lot more, which is why if I can break the news on the Stacking Benjamins podcast. Oh, do we have, do we have like a drum roll? We, we, all we have is this, which isn't <laughs> <laughs> probably not the right drum roll. There's this one. <laughs> that, that, that probably won't, pr- probably won't work either. But anyway, Paula, that's all we got. <laughs> well, with a, with an intro like that, I've got to got to introduce the great news that starting in 2021, all of the episodes in which I answer questions from the community will be with you. Yeah, and the afford anything audience just cut in half. Like, oh no, it's going to be so fun. We're going to have such a great time. But Aaron, I want to ask you this question because running a business of your own too. I mean, tell me about how you surround yourself with people who elevate you. Um, It's much harder in 2020. So that has taken a lot more intention. I've really had to double down on the process by which I consider someone as elevating me. I, I, I've really struggled through the years of what, what is success? What, what does that look like? What does that mean to me? And 2020 was a year where I had to really strategically come up with how do I elevate? What is it that I believe someone elevated looks like? And how do I reach them? So it really works in, in two ways. One, I carve out intentional time to connect with mentors. I've got a list here on a glass board of people that I always reach out to. So I send them an email once a month at minimum. And I know that these are my my North Stars. The other is that when I'm hosting events or retreats or workshops, I really want to make sure I set aside time to listen so that I can tell who I want to spend my time with. (laughs) And you would be surprised at how often we miss the gems right underneath us because we're not willing to to appreciate like what's around us. And it, it doesn't have to be somebody that elevates you in everything. It could just be someone that is really, really empathetic or really, really wise in the way they build relationships. It can be one category. And I've got a champion in each of the categories that are important to me. And that's been a tremendous strategy to deploy this year. But I don't want to let this go. You you physically sat down and thought about each of these different areas and who these champions are in those areas. Uh, I've got a tremendously spreadsheeted lifestyle where I have metrics in a lot of key areas. And yeah, this is one of them. I mean, I sit and journal and write 
and read and really record much of my intentions. And it's, it's changed my life. I mean, I, I can tell you the metrics for how many times I've given a book away when I've stopped and paused at an airport to like do a charity act, random acts of kindness. Like I, I metric all that because it's, it's a priority for me. So yes, absolutely. I thought he was going to end that with, and Joe, I spent time with you and you're like a four. You can, you can, <laughs> you're not doing well on my spreadsheet, pal. <laughs> Paula, you were going to say something? I can't, I mean, I can't top that. <laughs> uh, uh, this is, this is interesting though, Aaron, I want to stick with you for a second because the third point here, surround yourself with people who are already successful. You're a guy who coaches kids sports. You're a guy who's a mentor for a lot of people. If you surrounded yourself with people who are already successful all the time, you'd let go of that piece of you. Like, how do you divide, surround yourself with people who are successful and trying to be that successful person for people that need your help? Uh, well, well, here's a reframe. One, hanging around kids, they are very successful. Let's be honest, right? They are very authentic. They are very free-minded. They are very open-hearted. I need more of that. In my and they life, can, right? they can we, elevate you too. They, they totally can. And so there, there's that element of things, but there's also a lot of joy in giving and you know, you, you catch your balance, you ride your waves of giving and you ride your waves of learning and educating. And I don't know if there's a formula for it, but I'm working really hard to be mindful of it. OG in here. Uh, Tony says, join a mastermind group. How important has that been for you? Well, there's a coaching group that I belong to. We've talked about it, Joe. You and I both belong to it called Strategic Coach and have been participating in it for uh, the better part of a dozen years. I guess it's a little bit like a mastermind group in that we get together and talk about stuff and it's kind of structured, but it's a little different in that it's not necessarily all the same topic area or something like that that you might see, you know, a podcast mastermind group or a personal finance mastermind group or something like that. But having people, and I think this kind of ties together having people that are more successful than you that are in your space that are just ahead of you, I think is helpful from the hope and optimism standpoint. You know, as people, we try to be competitive. We try to figure out where we rank in different things. That's why we have all these stupid lists that, you know, here's how much money you should have by the time you're 40. And here's how what your net worth should be by the time you're 30. And it's just, you know, and then we just want to compare ourselves and in business, we want to, you know, do better. And we want to say, well, how's that business doing? And can I do better in my business than that business is doing? And so it can be very lonely to be working on all this stuff alone. And if you're in a group that has people that are slightly ahead of you and people that are slightly behind you, there's a great relationship there between kind of pulling yourself up hanging on to the people that are just ahead of you, but also at the same time, reaching back and grabbing the people that are just behind you and dragging them forward as well. And I think that dynamic changes over time where you fall in that social circle, so to speak, or in that group, you know, we were talking about surrounding yourself with people that elevate you. And I was just thinking about how, you know, that phrase of you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. And for a long time, I was like, ah, that's not true. That's not true. And then you know, I can see different stages in my life where, you know, people that I was close to have gone away and other people have come in. And it's just kind of an interesting kind of retrospective thought process on like where I was personally and professionally at those times when different people challenged me to move up. I agree with a lot of this stuff. I mean, you gotta, you gotta have a group of people that you can hang with. I mean, that's really just the story here. It's just hang but out with people you like, 
hang out with people that can push you, hang out with people that you can push. Yeah. But I think that hanging out with people that push you is a tough part for a lot of people. I think we're afraid what people are going to tell us. I think that we're afraid to hear what our downsides are. I feel like that's tough for a lot of us. And the fourth piece on this, the final one, Paula, is surround yourself with people outside your comfort zone. I feel like you do that a lot. You do that by the guests that you talk to. You do that with Mm -hmm. people that challenge you to think deeper. How do -hmm. you do it? Well, um, in terms of the guests that I talk to, a lot of times I try to get away from the echo chamber. Like it can be very comfortable to be in the echo chamber of, especially in the world of personal finance, other people who are covering the same topic that you are. But if I go to an adjacent vertical, then I encounter different people with different ideas. And, and then I usually, I aim to talk to people who are a few notches above me in terms of their achievements, their reach, their success in the classically defined definition of that term. I reach out to people who I think there's at least a 50% probability that they'll say no or not even bother answering. And when, and some, and sometimes that happens, but then sometimes they do say yes. And it allows me to make connections and, and have conversations with people who would normally never come to a dinner party that I throw back when people threw dinner parties. <laughs> remember we used to do that? That was crazy yeah, times, dinner. wasn't it? That was <laughs> yeah. wild. Well, I think I've got just a couple more questions here, but first, do you own or rent your home? Well, sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, can it? You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Let's make this a little bit actionable before we close this chapter, guys. We talked about joining a mastermind. We also talked about uh, collaborating with people. Uh, We'll have our guest of honor go last. Paula, how do people Mm -hmm. in this time of COVID, how the hell do you reach out to people and, and start working on your network? You know, Zoom is a wonderful thing. I know people like to complain about it, but particularly in this time of COVID, when a lot of people are starved for human connection, I think an email, which is impersonal, where you don't see someone's face or hear their voice, email always feels like a drag, but I think in 2020, it particularly does versus something that's more personal, like a phone call. You know, as, as long as I'm, I'm a millennial, so you have to text first before you call. <laughs> Send a text to say that you're going to call. That's just common sense. But, you know, a phone call or a Zoom uh, meeting or a Skype meeting, anything where you can actually hear somebody's voice, I think that's very welcome right now. Yeah, but getting to that point, if somebody wants to network with somebody they don't know, like, how do you get there? Uh, If you know a mutual person, asking for an introduction is a really good way to do it. Also, not making it too businessy. Somebody reached out to me the other day and she was someone that I actually wanted to talk to and her approach was a little formal. You know, she was like, hi, you know, would you, uh, would you like to like, you know, maybe get a virtual coffee sometime? And I just wrote back to her and I'm like, let's have a virtual drink. You know, like, <laughs> no, I don't want coffee. I want no. wine. <laughs> like, Amen. And I wanted it at 10 AM. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so dropping some of that formality, I think can go a long way as well. Oh, gee, make it actionable. I think you just have to ask for what you want. I mean, if you want an introduction, even if it's kind of funky, I think you can just ask. I was talking to a friend of mine who 
uh, I was having trouble doing something. And I said, gosh, you don't happen to know anybody who dot, dot, dot. And he goes, as a matter of fact, I do. And let me hook you up. You want his phone number? I said, it'd be fine, but it'd be better if you sent us all an email and just CC'd everybody and then it would kick it off. And, and this guy was trying to solve this problem that I was having. He wasn't able to solve it. And then he said, Hey, there was one more thing I noticed in the document review that I was helping you with that this other thing's messed up. I've got a friend who can hook you up with this thing that you don't even know is a problem. And I think all of it started from just asking for help. And if you can just come from a position of saying, it's okay to not have everything and know everything and just go, Hey, I need some help. And who in the universe can help me with it? Uh, you'll be surprised at who comes up. Dr. Uh, Thomas Stanley, who wrote the book, the millionaire next door has a couple lesser known books. One is called selling to the affluent. And in his study of the affluent OG, to your point, he said, most people who are successful in terms of money, uh, most millionaires and multimillionaires work through referrals. It is, hey, do you know so-and-so? Can you introduce me? Do you know so did, did you know somebody that can do this thing? Hey, yeah, yeah, cool stuff. Aaron, you got the last word. How do we make this actionable? Uh, well, it's really hard to follow up because those were amazing points from Paula and OG. Here, here's what I would advise. There are three things that you can pay for or pay with. You can pay with time, money, and experience or or your expertise. The last couple of times I found really good people that were outside of my comfort zone, I had an awareness of what I was willing to pay to get to them. I was willing to take the time to reach out to them. I was willing to join the group or find the coaching. I was willing to volunteer my expertise. So knowing what you can afford to, to give and offer someone, to Paula's earlier point about adding value, I think might go a long way for someone that's like, I don't know how to reach this person. And if you can say, hey, I can pay for your time or, hey, I can volunteer at your next event or, hey, I've got something I, I could do for you that might be really helpful, can get you into that new group and new environment with a lot of clarity. But you got to know what you can you can pony up. I'm excited that on today's show, we have Pam Andrews joining us. And for those of you who are new to the show, Pam helps us with scholarships. And if you're somebody like a lot of people who's paying retail for your college experience, well, buckle in because Pam is uh, just the guru when it comes to scholarship programs. We actually have a six-week course that Pam operates for us. It's going to be closing next week. We're going to give you as much knowledge right now as Pam and I can deliver to help you get as many scholarships as possible. And then we'll explain what our course is all about. So here she is, the scholarship shark herself, Pam Andrews. And on my dad's shortwave radio, Pam Andrews joins us. How are you? I'm doing well, Joe. How about you? Well, I'm doing great. I'm even doing better because I see that you got your hair redone for me. So thank you. Just for this interview, I'm sure. <laughs> of course. This is my COVID quarantine hair. <laughs> <laughs> just, well, this is mine. And so yours is way better than mine. My hair just seems to go away, but maybe it went away a little quicker this year because of all the crap happening this yeah, year. I don't know. Did anything bad sure. happened this year? Was it? Jeez. <laughs> Uh, but good news for people, if you have uh, somebody who's applying for scholarships, either in college 
or in high school right now? This is a segment you want to pay attention to, Pam, because there's some big dates coming up, I imagine, right about now. That's correct. If you're a high school senior, what you most likely have done during this time period has gotten at least one of those applications in your college applications. And because this is the time, you know, August, September, October, November, uh, beginning of December, when students are getting their college applications in and they're, you know, we're coming off the heels of college application month, which is a big time for high school uh, guidance counselors to really work with students to get those essays written, applications completed that the next thing that students really think about, or at least parents anyway, is the money part. And so December is a big time to apply for scholarships. It's one of the four times throughout the year where there are plenty of scholarships. And another nice, really, really good thing about this time of the year too, for students, you're starting to slow down a little bit in terms of your coursework because you're going to go right into your holiday season and you get maybe, you know, a few weeks break between your semesters or marking periods. So it's another great time to really focus on scholarships. So um, high school seniors and also college students. If you're a current college student, there are plenty of scholarships out there for you. And so this is a great time to really put that energy into focusing on applying for scholarships for college. It's sad to me that so many people, when they're in college, if they don't get scholarships right out of the gate, they stop applying. And I think you're the one who always says, don't stop. You should continue because sophomore, junior, senior year of college, there's a chance that different people want you that might not have wanted you when you were a freshman. Absolutely. And what also happens too, if, you know, when you go to college and if you continue to um, work on being a standout student, being a campus leader, you know, raising your hand and asking questions in class, meeting with your professors during office hours, what you're going to find, I've heard this happen over and over again, that there are opportunities that are inside of your university or maybe in a network of universities or that, you know, schools know about that your teacher will say to you, hey, you know, I got this email or our department sends three students to whatever or, you know, this came up, I thought of you. And so, of course, there's money through other outside private sources, but your university for current college students is a great place to get additional money to help you with the cost of attendance. Do you find also that those counselors at college campuses and high schools, these outside places that they know where those places are to get money? Or is it somebody like you who's working on the outside that really knows where to go to get money? I actually find it's it's a combo, which is why I tell students, talk to the financial aid if you're on campus, talk to your high school guidance counselor if you're a high school student. And what typically happens, so I'll start with high school seniors. Yeah. Uh, what typically happens for high school students who are talking to their guidance counselors, they're hearing more of local scholarships, which are great because they have fewer competitors. So a local business will reach out to area high schools because they want to give back to the community and it's a boost for the business, you know, Sure, yeah. when a local high school student wins. It's really used as a marketing tool, believe it or not. So they'll reach out to the area's guidance counselors to share with their students about the scholarship. Now, on the college side, what tends to happen if it's a professional organization, some type of business, maybe that they're looking for students to maybe intern or for future hires, then they're reaching out to schools and those departments, those specific departments, maybe business or economics or engineering, whatever the department is, 
with that particular opportunity. So that's why talking with the financial aid office at your school or maybe the secretary or department chair or even your professor on campus to find out what some of those opportunities are. So those both are great because, again, they're national, regional and local scholarships. And I find that some of those local or very niche specific scholarships work well through individuals who have that connection, whether it's a professor or your guidance counselor on the high school side. When it comes to the high school kids, I know there were people in my class when I was in high school a long time ago. <laughs> and, you know, back when the car was invented around that time, there were people who didn't know what they wanted to do. And so they didn't do the early admissions process. They didn't, they didn't start. If, if, if somebody hasn't applied or done anything yet and they're a senior in high school, they have a senior in high school and they're deciding that they might want to go to school. What do they do if they're behind now? Yeah. So they're at this point, they're not behind. So everybody can just, you know, exhale. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Yeah. Um, What typically happens, this is what I find more and more students are pushing this timeline. You know, they're applying earlier, pushing for those earlier deadlines. But, you know, we had this big thing happen in 2020, (laughs) you know, this COVID-19 thing, and it's really shifted the timeline. So what I'm seeing with some schools is that they've also shifted in terms of some of their dates, in terms of submitting materials. Um, Many schools have gone test optional. So I say that to say pre-COVID, there are always regular deadlines, which tend to be maybe a December or January. I've seen some regular deadlines as late as February. And then if there's rolling admissions, which means when you get your materials in, we review it in four to six weeks out on average, you get a decision back. So there is no firm, firm deadline. You know, students can get information back. But I say this to say you're not too late. Of course, some schools, if they fill in more desirable majors, they're more popular majors, it may be a little bit more difficult to get in to a certain program. You may get into that university, but maybe not your first choice. But I don't want families to think it's too late to apply. Like, oh, it's it's over. My kid's going to be living at home in the basement like Joe. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> I'm sitting right here, Pam. Right. Sitting right here. <laughs> You're so fun, though. <laughs> so, and so, uh, no, it's not too late. And um, each year, this is kind of another insider behind the scenes tip, but after May 1, so May 1 is National Decision Day when that's when your deposits do and you make you commit to a school if you haven't by, you know, prior to that, but May 1 is that deadline. After May 1, there's a list that publishes that prints. And I can give you the link for the show notes and it gets updated every year for families. Not that families are going to wait until then, but if for some reason you have a student who wasn't sure what they were going to do or they're rethinking their list later in the spring, early summer, there's a list of schools after students say, I'm not going to go here. You know, those slots that were committed for X number of students now open up. And so they may have Uh additional seats. Yeah. And so, you know, you may go back and you'll find there's several hundred schools who still have openings and take students. So I would imagine there's going to be a lot of that this year, too. I, I mean, frankly, as you've got parents going, Really, my kids on Zoom for most of their classes and tuition still costs the same. And I get it from the university's point of view. It still costs a lot of money, Pam, to administer all that stuff. But from a parent's point of view, they see the value and go, why would I why would I pay that? So you might find that you get an opening where there wasn't one in the past. That's correct. That's correct. That's another reason why I always tell my students and these are students I work with in the college admissions process, always apply to your local in-state flagship school. I say that anyway, because you just never know what's going to happen and you're going to need or want to be a little bit closer to home than you had anticipated. 
you may not have that experience in that big city where you thought, oh, I'm going to leave my small rural town and I'm going to go to this big city to school. Well, no, they're not having that residential experience. You're in your bedroom. That's your new dorm room and you're on Zoom. So why are you paying for this? You don't have it. So you're exactly right. It's 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 very different for the class of 2020 and beyond. I mean, very, very different. It's so, so wild how the world has changed in a year. How, yeah. how much it's changed. Last question before we talk about our course and talk about uh, enrollment shutting down for the Stacking Benjamin Scholarship course, which I think, talk about deadlines. That's probably the most important deadline people should be thinking about right now. But I want to ask about the FAFSA because that also takes, I know, especially for parents of seniors, that kind of takes some people by surprise. When does all that stuff do, Pam? Right. So it opens October 1 each year. So I'm going to give you two deadlines. You know, you want to get it in sooner rather than later. You don't have to wait until October 1 or 2 or 3. I mean, if you get it in November, even early December, that's okay. And I'll give you a little, I'll tell your audience, but I have not done mine yet for my current uh, college student and my high school senior. I'm going to get around to it, but I'll get it done before the Christmas season for sure. So I probably, I probably should not have said that. It's like hairdressers have like the worst hair and nail technicians. You look at their nails and they're like, oh my goodness, you're going to do my nails and look at yours. But, but once uh, again, though, there's no, I mean, I mean, what did you miss out on? Right, exactly. But then there's the state deadline and the state deadlines, because there are state grants and in some cases, state scholarships are driven by the FAFSA and filing or even the school may have additional money that um, they're looking at, you know, what the family's expected financial, um, the EFC was called the expected financial contribution, what that number is, at least by the end of the calendar year. Get it finished if you have a high school senior and, you know, they're looking back at last year's tax information for next year's student. And of course, if your student is a freshman, sometimes I get these questions like, do we have to do it every year? Yes. As long as your student is in college, you'll keep doing it every year. So I would say don't wait too much longer. So you're right. The drop dead deadline for the federal is in June, but we don't want to think about that date. Again, states have sooner deadlines and then schools may have even sooner deadlines. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the reason you don't want to worry about that June deadline is just because that's that's not when they start handing out money. Like as soon as they find people that uh, meet the criteria, they start handing that money out immediately. So if you wait until June, a lot of them, yeah, the money, the money could be all gone, right? Correct. Right. Yeah. I would not wait until June. Absolutely. Because by then you want to know your, your final award package and, you know, and make some of those decisions. So for sure. A big deadline that you and I have coming up is a week from today, you are closing enrollment for your scholarship system. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, Man, it's so comprehensive what you do. And it's, and it's also so there's so many life lessons people get. Uh, Tell us briefly about our scholarship system. Sure. So scholarship mastery, and this is the Stack and Benjamin Scholarship Shark Program Scholarship Mastery, is a complete course that we focus on several pieces. So it helps your students find, I don't, you know, I don't do it for them, but I teach them. They acquire this skill that is transferable, of course, but they're learning how to find scholarships. And then I teach them really what's inside of the mind of the judge. So as you're completing their times when students will say, well, I've applied to so many and I can't seem to win or make it to that next round. Well, you have to know what they're looking for. So we talk a little bit about that. 
Also during this time of the year, there are certain types of scholarships that are very typical that want to know your major. There's certain questions they're asking and there's something they're looking for. So I call it the question behind the question. They're not really asking you the question you think they're asking. They're asking something else. And so we talk about that as well. So it's the SAPs and then it's pulling that whole package together. So it's a six week program, but it unlocks, you have your student has access to the entire program right away. So they can, you know, make the most of their holiday break applying for scholarships. And the reason why I say your student is because I speak to the student. I work with the student. Of course, you know, a lot of times parents want to do it and want to get involved. But I find when students do the work, they're vested in the process and they do well. I find students who actually work to get their scholarships do so much better in terms of keeping the money. So, Yeah. And I want to jump in right here, Pam, because what I really, really like about our scholarship mastery program, about your scholarship mastery program that has the Stacking Benjamin's name on it. The reason we want to put the Stacking Benjamin's name on it is because of this. It is not something to uh, sign up for if you want somebody else to do all the work. It's not something you want to sign up for if you want to kick back and say, hey, Pam, go find me some scholarships. This is not that. This is you put your, I call it skin in the game. You put your money on the table and you go, you know what? This is my commitment that I'm going to work my butt off, but in a focused manner with Pam as my coach to go get this stuff done. And the things that you learn, I mean, this whole thing you're talking about, about playing to the judge, like how many jobs are won and lost versus somebody that knows how to play to the interviewer, right? Understand what the position's about, what the interviewer is about and what the company's about. Get into that culture and learn that stuff early. You even have people make a, a LinkedIn profile. That's correct. I do. Because part of it is just shifting our young people's mindset in terms of not where you are, but where you're going. So they're creating the LinkedIn profile, getting into our LinkedIn group. You know, when they're on LinkedIn, I love it when my young people, my students will say, I get stuff that pops up all the time, all these LinkedIn notifications. I'm like, and you're checking them, right? <laughs> Please. Because <laughs> it's, it's really important. But um, you're right. I'm creating the LinkedIn profile. I drive them there instead of other platforms to communicate for group because I want them in LinkedIn. As a mom, I designed it the way I I would want the program. You know, when I have people work with my young adults and my teenage kids, I'm thinking, you know, wow, I really like this about what they do, whether it's a coach or a tutor or whatever. And so I really designed it that way, thinking, you know, what are those skills that our young folks need, that next step skill? And how can I help them? How can I facilitate the process to make sure, you know, they're getting that? So that LinkedIn profile is a part of it. And then LinkedIn, you know, they're in our group and that's where we do all our communication because I want them to network or think networking and not social. And even though the first six weeks is intense and uh, you're learning a ton, you, Pam, also stick with them all the way through their college experience. This isn't a six-week thing you're paying for. You're really working with them through their whole college career. That's correct. And I love it. I tell students all the time, you know, if you you have a study abroad opportunity and, you know, because they will learn how to do some of that, you know, look for study abroad uh, money to fund some of that study abroad experience. You know, I am here to edit your essays. Again, I know what they're looking for. So let's, you know, use me as a resource. I love it when, you know, my past students are on college break and they send a quick message. Hey, I'm working on some scholarships. Can you check out these essays? Absolutely. So it's here to support and to continue and students have access to the database of scholarships um, that are current uh, every month. So they can go in and look at those as well as the other sources um, that I teach them where to find the money. 
So everybody has one week to check it out. By the way, uh, youngest age people should maybe sign up. Is it juniors? Juniors would be the youngest. Great. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Stackybenjamins.com forward slash scholarships. And you know, guys, we take this very seriously. And we know that you come here because you want us to curate guests who actually have a point of view that we think that you need to hear. We also try to make sure that they have a, um, maybe surprise you with a point of view that you're not used to hearing. We also want to make sure that if we have a course, it's not one of the, the I, I don't know, I, I don't know how to say this without it sounding horrible, but, uh, but I guess I'll just put it out there. It's not one of this, fr- some of this free crap you see on the internet. You want us to curate stuff that works. And if you look at Pam's track record working with students, this is, this is a fantastic place to make sure, but only, only if your student wants to work. I mean, I'm going to say that again, if your student doesn't want to work and you just want to pay somebody to get rid of the scholarship thing, I would not pay them, send somebody to I you. Agree. I agree. I tell students all the time and they'll hear it from me to the mama side of me, but, but um, I agree. I tell them I like students who do the work and get results. So if that's not you, I, I'm not your cup of tea. <laughs> I will, you know, I use this analogy all the time about, about being in a car and, you know, I'm kind of the GPS telling them go straight and turn up ahead, but they've got to keep their foot on the gas, hands on the wheel. They're the ones driving the vehicle, driving the process, but I'm here to guide them and to get them from point A to point B. And the mama in Pam is strong. I can, I can, I can, I firsthand knowledge, the mama in Pam is very strong. It's stackybenjamins.com forward slash scholarships. Thanks for all the information today, Pam, everybody go out and let's, let's go get some scholarship money. Thanks for having me again, Joe. Stackers, it's your pal, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And here's a leftover Thanksgiving question for all you food nerds out there. Yeah, you know who you are. How long do you keep your leftovers? Don't get me wrong. I made sure to gorge myself last Thursday and Friday and this Monday and Tuesday. And I totally took one for the team on Wednesday and Thursday with all that cranberry stuff. Gross. And here we are at Friday with still more food because there's no room in the inn anymore. Know what I mean? But before I throw out anything, one thing I'll never throw away is my Spotify account or my Empire State of Mind. The artist who wrote that song turns 51 today. So, according to Spotify, if I had written Empire State of Mind, how many thousands of listens would I have gotten on Spotify so far? I'll be back with your answer faster than you can take out the trash. Well, we introduced the very convoluted rules of this game to Aaron backstage. And uh, for those of you who are new here, we are playing a year-long competition between Paula OG and regular competitor Len Penzo, who Aaron will be playing on behalf of today. The score... It is really tightening up. The score is Len has 15. OG now has pulled one away at 14. And that means he's tied with Paula, who also has 14. 15, 14, 14. So no pressure here, Aaron. It's just the lead is at stake. There's only a couple weeks left of this game. No, no big deal. But unfortunately, the rules say that because you are, you are playing on behalf of Len, if OG had written... Empire State of Mind, how many thousands of listens would he have for that song on Spotify right now? 
How many thousands of listens? All right. So it's December. Thousands of listens. I'm thinking that this is about halfway through the halfway point of a million. So I'm going to go with uh, 250,000. So that is 250 final answer. So that'd be 250,000. So 250, 250,000, which means 250 million listens. No, 250 is the answer of how many thousands. The question was how many thousands. Got it. So you think that song's been listened to 250,000 times total. Oh, this was not a good guess. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just asking, I'm just getting clarity. <laughs> I think I'd like to amend my answer. I think that this is empire state of mind. <sighs> how old is that song? All right. So you want me to start from the top? No, no, you're good, Damn. man. <laughs> All right. Well, um, these are the kind of gyrations we do on the show. Normally regular, so regular tricky. listeners are like Aaron like is how Joe just threw him like a total lifeline. Like, so it's 250,000, like in it total. could be 250,000. I was just asking for clarification. Sure, buddy. Oh, man. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to amend my final answer. So this is my secondary answer to 1.6 million. Okay. Which is 1,600 thousands. Yep. So 1,600 thousands. All right. And that is your final answer. I'm hitting the buzzer. Tap, tap. All right. There you go. We're going to go ladies first, Paula. Okay. So per the structure of the question, I should state how many times I believe that this song has been listened to. That's correct. And, and then I should convert. I, I will leave it to you to do that conversion into thousands. <laughs> how, how many thousands? Of listens. <laughs> <laughs> if, right. if OG had, or if OG, if Doug had made the song, OG sings that song in the shower all the time. <laughs> I mean, does him making the song change the number of downloads? It's going to be the same number on Spotify, no matter what. That's crazy talk, Paula. Okay. When I heard the question, which I interpret, I hope I'm understanding it correctly, but I interpret the question to mean, how many times has that song been downloaded on Spotify? The first number that popped into my head for absolutely no reason whatsoever was 14 million, which is a fairly wide berth. So I'm going to guess that that song has been downloaded on Spotify 14 million times. So 14,000 thousands. 14,000 thousands. There yes. you go. Awesome. All right, OG. This would be a lot more... Interesting to me if I actually knew what song you're talking about. <laughs> that's, that's such a Paula answer. <laughs> Does anybody know who wrote that song? The song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, Alicia Keys and uh, somebody else. And it's in New York. Oh, there it okay. is. Concrete yeah. jungle where dreams are made of. That's on. Uh, There's a great parody about Newark. Um, <laughs> There's nowhere to sink to. Oh, there goes all our downloads from Newark right there. <laughs> yeah. Send your hate okay. mail to Paula. Right, that helps. Okay. So it's not anything that's like written in 1946 or something. So that, that definitely narrows it down. Uh, Alicia Keys is pretty popular. Not as popular as you know, in my Spotify playlist, frankly, but apparently uh, not, apparently not. Otherwise it would be up there. So you said 14 million, Paula, I'm just going to go above 14 million. 
I have no concept of when this song was actually created, but I do know like, like some of the stuff I listen to, like Justin Bieber and, and stuff like that. I see a lot of 70 millions, I think in the download numbers, if this song's popular, maybe it's really super, super popular. Like all the Justin Bieber top 10 that I listen to most of the time. So, you know, it just sucks, Paula, but I'm going to say 14,000 and one millions or whatever <laughs> the hell the is answer it, is supposed to be. Is this like the price is right? It's not, but, but <laughs> it's just, I'm trying to win. So I'm, she gets everything, you know, halfway between and I just get everything over. So I'm taking the over. The technical move here, Aaron, for what he just did, we call it, he Chelsea Brennan her, which we'll explain that later. <laughs> so that is a, uh, that's a, that's a, a technical term for what just happened there. All right. We have our three answers. We'd love to tell you which one's right, but of course we're going to make you wait. We'll be right back. There've been a lot of things that have been frustrating here during the time of COVID. As you know, the way we work together seemingly changed overnight, but one thing that has consistently stayed easy is our ability at Stacking Benjamins to go get help when we need it to make this show go. And no matter what business you run, I think one thing we've all learned is that for adapting business, having access to the right resources is essential. You know, over on our Money with Friends show, we were talking to Jason Harris and he runs an ad agency called Mechanism. Works with some huge brands like uh, Ben and Jerry's. Why am I talking about ice cream? Holy cow. I miss, I miss Vermont. I miss Ben and Jerry's even more. Nordstrom, many other brands that you've heard of. But he talked about it's crucial this year to maintain this strong digital presence to make sure that you know people aren't out and about as much. And because of that, you need to be online where more people are. So for us, Fiverr's Marketplace has been a great place to get help, whether it's graphic design, copywriting for us, voice work, web programming, film editing for some people, and many, many more. There's literally hundreds of digital services out there. Fiverr's global network of on-demand freelance talent is here to help, and it doesn't matter where they're at in the world, right? You can have your team be global suddenly, go from very local to very global. So whether you're launching your first business or scaling your current business in need of extra support to complete a project or trying to digitally optimize your business, it's easy. You can customize your search based on the service you need, the deadline, price, seller reviews, and more. Pricing's always project-based, not hourly, and they have 24-7 customer support, and you can reach out with questions anytime, anywhere. This network of quality talent you can count on, by the way, is always ready when you are. Fiverr's platform is flexible enough to accommodate and manage the ebb and flow of your business. So check out fiverr.com and you're going to get 10% off because you're a stacker, your first order by using our stacker code SB. Find all the digital services you need in one place at fiverr.com code SB. Again, that's fiverr.com code SB. As if that's not amazing enough, if you pay off your credit cards in full like you should, want to hear something else amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. 
Aaron, you're at 1,600 thousands, 1. 1.6 million downloads. Feeling good? Wait, like, <laughs> have this answer, by the way. How many, how many, uh, yeah, but anyways. Okay. Sorry, Doug. <laughs> it's Doug. I know. I'm trying to make things complicated. What are you going to do? Aaron, feeling good? Uh, well, I'm, I feel like I came into this a little nervous, a little bit rushed and, uh, no, I'm, I'm incredibly <laughs> sorry for my representation. <laughs> so you don't think it's going to happen. You don't think uh, you're yeah, going to I'm a, I'm a forever optimist, but, um, my confidence is, is about as empty as uh, my cup right here. Paula, you got a lot of room there. 1.6 million to 14 million. Yeah. I've, I've got a decent amount of wiggle room. My guess would still have to be reasonably precise. So I'm not feeling super confident, I will say. No? Uh, which way you think it is? Oh, it's probably higher. Yeah. Uh, oh, gee, you've got the over on this thing. Uh, but I'm more disturbed about your obsession with Bieber. Tell me about that. <laughs> Just amazing. I mean, he's such a great Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Can we see your recently played list? I think we do that every so often. And um, actually right now it would be all Dave Matthews. So... So oh, we, I haven't listened to Dave Matthews in forever. Yeah, yeah. All live, though. I only listen to live stuff. Well, I, I find that scintillating, but let's get back to the trivia. Doug, <laughs> Doug, you've got the answer to today's trivia question and to what the hell's going on in your fridge. Tell us where we're at. Who wins this thing? Hey, trivia fans. It's fridge cleanup guy, neighbor Doug. I've been told it's time to turn these food scraps into soil. Hashtag sustainability. Dry turkey meat, gone. Seven-layer jello, see ya. One more bite, uh, no. Mashed potatoes and gravy, bye-bye. Such a waste. Hey, wait, what's this? I don't remember this green fuzzy treat. That looks pretty interesting. I'll hold back on that one. But before I go on, let's get back to today's trivia. The question was... The artist who wrote the hit song Empire State of Mind turns 51 today. If I'd written Empire State of Mind, and you and I both know I totally could have, just how many thousands of listens has the song gotten on Spotify? Well, if you hadn't already guessed, Jay-Z, my brother from another mother, wrote that song, and his hit song has received 279 million listens on Spotify. That means if you guessed 279,000 thousands, you'd still be right. Based on the kind of money Spotify pays artists, he's probably up to a few hundred dollars already. Someday, Jay-Z might be rich. See ya! Wow. What? 279 million? You you were just off by a decimal point. <laughs> it's anchoring. See, this is the problem with this, is the first person who guesses... Although Paula, you did say that the first number you yeah. thought of was fourteen million, but it just, yeah, I went with but the first it just number totally like anchors all the rest of the conversation. Like if you would have said eighty-one million, you would have said Paula, you said fourteen, but now I feel dot dot dot. You know, right? What I mean? So exactly. it would have just. Would've just uh, uh, anyways, I so. gotta yeah. say though, Aaron, when I was trying to clarify Aaron's first answer, I was almost right on. He it. said two hundred fifty thousand, and I'm like two hundred fifty thousand thousands. <laughs> As in that's about the answer. Because you had it. You had it, man. Ah. And then he backed off it. Oh, well. Next time, Mr. Velke. Next so time. So you were trying to rig it. Oh, gee. Well, you got to help the guest. Come on. You got to help the guest. 
<laughs> but that moves OG into a tie. And Paula, you're in a familiar spot. You're in last place again. We only hey. have three weeks to go. My Ouch. my my normal comfortable spot in all of this. Here, here, dog. Here it comes. Absolutely. Hey I guys, even burst into song for this. <laughs> Listen, do the Empire State of Mind thing again. Yeah. It's like, uh, maybe next time. Hey, let's take out the magnifying glass then and help somebody do better with their money. Today's hotline call comes to us courtesy of magnifymoney.com. Aaron, when you go to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money, you know what happens? Uh, people submit their questions. Uh, yes, they do. actually, no, they find, <laughs> they find a link to magnifymoney.com and they find out that those Financial products you use every day at your brick and mortar bank, probably not as good as a lot of the products online. In fact, whether it's checking accounts, savings accounts, debt consolidation loans, if you pay your cards off on time, reward points, whatever it might be, all ranked head to head at magnifymoney.com. Head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money for more. Today, we're going to we're going to throw this one out to Anonymous and Paula, you and I on your show historically. And people, some people hated this so much, which is why I want to bring it back here. We gave anonymous people a name. We, yes, we do. And, um, and on I, my show. I did the honors on your show. Ooh. You get to do the honors on mine. So. Okay. Who is this? Is, is this a uh, person male or female? Because I haven't listened to the question ahead of time. Oh, that's good. Good way to prep. <laughs> I know, right? Hey, Joe and OG. I'm wondering what. Well, there you go. Okay. Well, because I was able to accurately identify that Empire State of Mind was written by Alicia Keys and quote someone else, but forgot the name of Jay-Z, this caller is going to be Jay-Z. <laughs> oh, how about that? <laughs> calling in right now. Jay-Z calling in. Probably annoyed that Paula forgot him, but let's see. This must be one of his 99 problems. <laughs> hey, Joe and OG. I'm wondering what's the right time to connect with a financial advisor. I'm in my early 30s and have 575000 in various investment accounts. My wife and I save 30% of our income each year and are debt-free other than our mortgage. Our investments are all in low-cost index funds. I just found out that I'll be receiving an inheritance of $500,000 in a couple months held in a trust. My parents have indicated I should connect with their financial advisor, but my instinct is to put it all in low-cost funds like I have with everything else. I'm aware of the tax complications from a trust and can handle that on my own. I've been told this is just the first inheritance I could receive, and I want to make sure I do the right thing to set myself up for long-term success. So, is this the point to get an advisor, or do I continue with what has worked so far? Great question, Jay-Z. Thanks for that question. I frankly thought Jay-Z had more money than that, actually. <laughs> uh, contrary to Doug's Spotify joke, but that's a nice start. Congratulations, by the way, on doing well up until this point. But Aaron is the guest. Let's have you go first. Uh, contacting a financial advisor, what do you think? Look, if he's got a family connection to someone that's helped him manage, that's a great place to start with some early conversations. I'm a big fan of doing a query and, and searching around and having some dialogues, maybe finding some of those elevated individuals that he can ask questions to, et cetera. But having a link is important as long as that advisor is a fiduciary. That's really, really important to me. And if you're in, in the position to receive what I call the favorite I word besides Internet, then it is really advantageous to look at how do you want to use this and where do you want to go with it? And it sounds like I mean, he's already saving. He's got a bunch saved already. So some good things are already set up. 
And this might be a good time to get some help in imagining where he wants to go, as long as that person isn't going to have too many conflicts of interest. Paula? I mean, so fundamentally, his question is, my net worth is about to double. And how do I manage this big lump sum that is headed my way? Certainly, a financial advisor can offer clarity about this this one-time issue. But more broadly speaking, the, the goal of a financial advisor, and I mean, Joe, you were a financial advisor, so you can speak to this with much more experience than I could. But from my understanding, the goal of a financial advisor is to provide a comprehensive plan for your, your entire life that goes beyond simply the handling of one lump sum. And so while I think it's a perfectly great idea to talk to a financial advisor about an immediate question that's in front of you, you know, there's a precipitating event that leads you to seek the services of a financial advisor, often because there's one major looming question that is immediately and urgently in front of you. And so I certainly think that the precipitating event and the, you know, with the urgent question is a great reason to get in front of one, but I wouldn't end it at just that question. I would want it to develop into a, a ideally into a lifetime relationship, but only if you feel that you're getting good advice from this advisor. And I agree with Aaron, this person must be a fiduciary. So the operative question to ask is, do you have a fiduciary duty to me at all times? You know, follow that up with, are you duly registered? And, and you know, make sure that that whoever you're speaking with is ideally, in my view of uh, my opinion, that they should be fee only. If they're a fee only financial advisor with a fiduciary responsibility, then I think that's a great place to start. Let's ask the, I was a financial advisor, but let's ask the working CFP what, what he thinks about this question. Sorry, sorry. I forgot about you like I forgot about JP. It's like, well, there might be a guy on this call, but seriously, that's I why. I have an opinion about it, I guess. So, Well, well that's, why, that's why I went to you last, though, because I wanted to hear these guys and what they think. But uh, tell us, OG, what do you think? No, again, both of them are exactly right. The way that we think about it is definitely from a long-term perspective. And and we get questions from time to time, just like on the show, people write in and say, hey, I've got this one issue. Can you help with it? And while the answer is, yeah, I can help with it, the benefit isn't there in working with somebody and paying them for kind of a one-time type of transaction. And I'm kind of going to read between the lines here a little bit, Paula, like you did. And you said, hey, this is about this one issue I've got. But I re- I heard the question as, Hey, I got half a million. I'm about to get another half a million. I don't want to pay somebody 1% of my money just to have them tell me what to put my money in. That's how I heard it. And now maybe that's not what he really meant, but that's the stank that I put on that question. And I think it's so much more from a relationship standpoint than just, Hey, what funds are you going to pick for me? You know, when you say, Hey, I'm getting this money, it's going to be in a trust. And then he kind of flippantly said, and I know about the tax stuff, so don't worry about it. I'm like, I doubt you do. I really do. I really seriously doubt you know about the tax stuff with trusts. And maybe you do, in which case you wouldn't need the benefit of that. Or what are the legal ramifications of taking the money out of the trust and spending it versus, you know, and putting it in your own brokerage account? And if this is going to happen repeatedly, I want to think about like, what are the potential pitfalls that I don't know about? Most advisors, and that's not true. <laughs> I was going to say most advisors are going to use low cost investments. No, never mind. That's not true. Most should. And so you're, you're right. You know, you've, you've got those resources available to you, but are there other things that you're not thinking about that a professional could bring to the table? That's kind of the perspective that I would take on it. 
if you have a one-off question, there's plenty of pros out there who deal with that and do it like hourly planning. And you can find all this stuff, Paula, like you were talking about, who's a certified financial planner or who's a fiduciary and is not duly registered, you know, and who's got to act in your best interest at all times and still pay them for like an hourly consulting arrangement and do that as a one-time event. And those people exist. And that's the person that maybe you want to look for. But if you're looking for a longer term type of thing or saying, I'm to the point where the complexity is starting to grow beyond my comfortability because mistakes that happen with a million dollars cost a lot more than mistakes that happen with a hundred thousand. And you want to kind of shelter some of that, you know, then you can look at a professional relationship. But if it's just purely about, Hey, which fund should I pick with this next half a mil? I don't think that's the right fit. No, no, I think you do that yourself. And by the way, I think that advisors that position themselves as investment gurus, just, I think those days are over, OG. Like, hey, I'll pick, I'll pick your funds for you. No, no. Well, I don't think that they're over. I think there's a lot of people who still invest that way and hire people based on that. In fact, I would argue that the vast majority of all investment management is based on the philosophy of, you know, I know something you don't, therefore. Well, then maybe, know, that's, yeah. maybe that's my axe to grind is that it should be a professional who makes everything dovetail, right? And the investment yeah. piece is one piece of it, but that goes along with your tax strategy that you're putting the right investment in the ground instead of just a low, low cost investment. Like you could have the lowest cost and we've seen this before, the lowest cost investment on earth and you're using it for the wrong time frame. So you're still going to screw yourself because the standard deviation of the fund and it's, you're just going to have to harvest it on the wrong day and it's going to be ugly. Yeah. There's efficiencies, you know, the way that I think about it from an advisor standpoint, and this is how I, how I explain it to people also is, you know, really we kind of do three things. We try to figure out something that you don't know. We try to make you money you wouldn't have made on your own. We try to prevent mistakes that you would have made, which is very hard to prove, by the way. And then thirdly, we just try to save you time and energy. And so those three things together in some capacity equal the value that advisors provide. And some days it's prevent you from making mistakes like March 23rd and you feel like pulling all your money out of the market and your pro goes, I don't think you should do that. And you wait it out and everything turns out okay. Sometimes that happens. It's interesting that this is the episode where we're talking about surrounding yourself with people outside your comfort zone that can elevate you, right? That are already successful, like finding that type of person. Paula, it's funny. I'm going to quote the great Paula Pant again, second time in in, in an episode. Paula said something to me when we were together recently. We were talking about what got you here so far is not the same thing that will get you to the next level. Mm, that And that's a quote that I got from Ramit Sethi. He says, uh, what got you here won't get you there. And he was quoting uh, me. So, no, I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> but but I, have, I have heard that before too. And I don't know if Ramit was the first person, but, but I know that you said it to me recently. And I think that that kind of applies here. What got you to that first half million picking low cost investing funds and just investing is not the same as legacy planning. It's not the same as deciding how much, when, where to take money out. It's not the same as setting up your estate as well as the estates you're taking money out of. It's not the same. There's, there's a whole lot there. So, but you got to be open to it. You know, uh, Paula, Len Penzo and I, well, were you in on that when Len Penzo and I had this discussion and I just said point blank, Len, I don't think you'll ever hire an advisor because you won't listen to him. And Len's like, <laughs> yes. you might, yeah, yeah, yeah not for me. 
Yeah. Len absolutely said, you know what? Yes, I could probably use one. I will never listen to them. And mm. if, if you're not going to listen to them, then don't have them. Don't definitely don't have them in your corner. So, mm. uh, big thanks, uh, Jay-Z for that question. Glad we could help out. Tell Beyonce, we said hello and good luck with the inheritance. Hey, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. We will let our guest of honor go last to talk about what he's been working on lately. But uh, OG, now that you had to work a full five days in a row again after the exhausting three-day week last week, what, what, what's on your plate this weekend? Uh, a whole lot of nothing. Just finishing up the year. Tomorrow's mom's birthday. My ah. mom's birthday. Not basement mom. Yeah. Uh, she will be uh, 60 and 8. 68. Mom will be 68, uh, which is... Uh, that's pretty old. So, uh, so I'm going to send her a little something. A little, a little something in the... I thought 67 was old last year, but holy moly. 68 is. She, she made it another year. Oh, another trip around the sun. But uh, but anyway, so yep, just uh, wrap it up, getting ready for the Christmas holiday. And uh, I wouldn't be laughing, by the way, if you didn't say a thing to me every year on my birthday, like, wow, 52. Can't believe you made it there. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, based on your lifestyle habits, yeah, it, is a, it is a miracle every year. <laughs> I mean, it's like, frankly, like, wow, another, really? People are like, it's Joe's birthday. Like, they're not surprised that they forgot it's your birthday. They're just surprised that you made it to another. <laughs> that one. I had another one, <laughs> right? Made one. Yeah, thank you. With friends like you, it's all man. The coleslaw. Friends like you. I mean, with all, with all, right. Talking about throwing stuff out of the fridge, Doug. There it is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Paula, what's going on in the Ford Anything show? So this week and this week only, my course is open for enrollment. I have a course on real estate investing and it opens only twice a year, uh, one week in the spring, one week in the fall. And this week we've, we've really pushed our definition of the word fall. Um, so <laughs> really stretched that. Uh, so it's not the I solstice am- yet. So you're good. Exactly. You're, you're, you're not using the, uh, you're using the meteorological definition, not the uh, calendar definition of fall. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we're like, well, it's it's kind of past pumpkin spice latte season, but it, we're not, you know, the peppermint candy cane season isn't over yet. So I think we can kind of call it the fall, maybe. So, yeah, so this is the one week of the quote unquote fall in which we open for enrollment. And starting Monday, December 7, we close our doors and those doors will not be open again until the spring, which who knows what def- what our definition? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Depending on how you want to define spring, <laughs> the end of spring, like September ish. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we didn't specify spring of what year. Yeah, where do people go? Affordanything.com slash slash enroll. Affordanything.com slash enroll. I know that when I say it like that, it makes it sound like yo, that's like directly to the enrollment page, but that'll actually get you to the page that has all the information. So awesome. any questions that you have will be answered there. Affordanything.com slash enroll. By the way, and uh, big congratulations to you, you and our friend Andy Hill from Marriage, Kids and Money. You guys did a hell of a job hosting our industry conference, FinCon. So nice oh, work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. One of my favorite parts about that was that the the day was split into three different segments, create, promote, and profit. And I had an outfit change for every segment. And my perhaps proudest accomplishment was when someone in the chat said, wow, it's like the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. Nice job. Andy also had an outfit change for every segment and nobody noticed. But, but of course. 
course not. <laughs> it's Andy. But what's funny is I remember the panic in Andy's eyes at breakfast the morning of you had just said hello to us and walked, I think, back to your room to do more prep. And Andy leans forward and goes, she has an outfit change uh, twice. And I hope I can keep up. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. It was so great. Mr. Velke, thanks for hanging out with us, my friend. Dude, this has been a blast. I was <laughs> even as prepared as I might have been. I don't think I could have ever prepared for this. So uh, <laughs> thanks for torturing me, man. I appreciate it. I was going to say, I don't know if that's a compliment. or I could never have prepared for this. Like, that's what I say when I'm like, well, you know, she's okay. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> right. So uh, tell us what's going on at Ortis Academy right now. Uh, well, we are working on some high level courses. We've got one on travel hacking, which is uh, something I've been doing for a while using credit, leveraging credit, understanding credit, uh, and using that to your advantage. We've got one coming on real estate investing as well. So Paula, maybe we can, uh, have a conversation and figure out where there's some overlaps. Yeah. And then actually at the moment, I haven't traveled much in 2020. Why not? Uh, what, I know. I know. I'm used to traveling like two to three times a month and this has been very different. So I traveled recently. And then this is my second trip of the year. I'm in, in LA. Um, I've got a second business called front runner that does personal coaching, really high development of, um, the emotional vulnerable side for high performers. And that personal development retreat is, uh, this weekend and it's going to be a lot of fun. We do retreats corporate and, and otherwise, and we're working with an awesome group out here. And, you know, a weekend of work for me is no different than a weekday of work. But to come out here, get some sunshine, uh, you know, Baltimore this time of year is, is pretty chilly in LA. Is, <laughs> it's not LA the is same. A different. Huh. <laughs> not at all. You know, there, I don't think it snows here. I've, I've heard. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. And by the way, Aaron's going to be back with us at the start of the year talking about the money club again. Uh, so everybody will hear Aaron's voice again, beginning of uh, January, right in the middle, by the way, Paula, of our, our discussion on January 1st of uh, with the Magic 8-Ball. Ah, uh, yes, that's my favorite episode of the year, the Magic 8-Ball well, episode. And personally, I don't even think the Magic 8-Ball could have predicted any of this shit. <laughs> like, oh, <come> my <laughs> There's no way. All right, that's going to do it for today. Uh, we'll have links to everything Aaron's working on, Paula's working on, and OG. At our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. Dougie got it from here, my friend. What should we have learned today? Sure thing, Joe. I got you. I'll tell everybody what they should have learned today. First, take a lesson from our roundtable. You are who you surround yourself with, and consequently, what you focus your little brain on. Second, take a lesson from Pam Andrews, the scholarship shark. Looking for scholarship money? Train your kids not just about scholarships, but also about life. You can pay less for school and develop children who can work well with others. But the big takeaway? Turns out that delicious-looking green fuzzy salad was actually something from last Thanksgiving. Imagine that. Looks like I can eat it now. Wait, don't, don't eat it now. Look at it, though, Joe. I mean, it's so fuzzy. I can practically pet it, and then I could eat it. Oh, maybe just... Like, leave it here and pet it occasionally? No, I can't even do Oh, come on. Fine, I'll throw it away. But it looks so tasty. Special thanks to Aaron Velke for joining us on the roundtable today. You can find out more about Money Club at stackingbenjamins.com slash moneyclub. We also have a link on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. Also a special thanks to Pam Andrews, the scholarship shark. 
If you're looking for scholarship help for your child or yourself, head to stackingbenjamins.com slash scholarships. Paula Pant appears courtesy of affordanything.com and the Afford Anything podcast. This show is created by Joe Saul Sihai, produced by Karen Rapine, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I do not like computer jokes, not one bit. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remunerations. That's a big word. There's no way you take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial decisions, consult with a real financial advisor. Margie down at the Sizzler just told me I made something of a Freudian slip. When I asked her what that was, she said, it's when you say one thing, but you really mean your mother. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. What happens in the after show stays in the after show. You know, we were talking about surrounding yourself with the right people. I was wondering if there have ever been times where you maybe learned too late that somebody was the wrong person, or maybe a friend was with the wrong person. You had to extricate them, or maybe, maybe you're realizing right now that you're on the wrong podcast. I don't know what it might be. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh wonder if you guys have any stories without naming names. Paula's leaning into the microphone. No, no, I just, when you, uh, so a little behind the scenes here is that Joe emails us the question that we're going to discuss in, in the dessert. And when I saw this question come up, I was like, Joe, are you trying to say something about me? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> is this a hint? <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, I had to spend time with Paula Pant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Horrible. Uh, no, I, just, I simply had that that smart aleck comment to make. That's all. Yeah. Aaron, OG, anybody got one? I mean, I don't know that I really want to share, but I'd be happy to share. The path from me quitting my job to entrepreneurship has, has gone awry many, many times. It's been, there have been a lot of crash and burn moments. And I remember meeting someone that I, I really looked up to. Like I, I was all about meeting this person. And um, man, I could not have been further it was like meeting, you know, the Instagram version of a person and just realizing that nothing was as it seemed. And it, it I was not only upset, it was like the first time I had gone on an event, adventure to meet a person that I looked up to. And I, <laughs> I was so emotionally unevolved at that point that I, I really didn't know how to just separate myself from the scenario. So I just went on like pretending for like 
four hours to be into this conversation and not a proud moment. Um, but yeah. I learned at that point, you know, I, I needed to get better at setting boundaries for what I imagine success is to my points earlier and who I choose to go up to and do, do a little bit more research on like, are they actually walking what they're talking well, that's nearly the same for me. For you know, when I was reading all this stuff, I was thinking about a top advisor, top financial advisor in our industry, and I started working much more closely with him. And as I work more closely, I realized that just because you're a success in business does not necessarily mean you're a success in life. And he would brag. He would brag about the fact that he did not know his kid's birthday because wow. he was so busy working that he didn't know. And by this time that I started to get to know him personally, I was working very closely with him. And same thing, Aaron. I was like, wow, beware what you ask for. Because I've been wanting to work for this guy for a long time. And I had no idea that that, that is a mess. And another top advisor I, I worked with, I remember we went to a concert one time. He had tickets to a concert and I was just getting to know him. And I found out that night that he was a functioning alcoholic and he had a real problem and uh, I ended up uh, driving him home that night uh, f- uh, from the concert, this guy that I looked up to. And it was, he had just some of the demons you see that people have, or, I mean, don't get me wrong. We all have demons, but these are people I really looked up to. And it wasn't at all like I thought it was. I remember, uh, you know, we were talking about being around people that like help you grow and that sort of stuff. And I remember being around people when I was younger kind of just starting and then being away from them for a while. And then you come back into those relationships and you're like, Oh, it was so awesome. It was was so great. And then you go, what happened? Like, did I, did you get stuck somewhere? Cause you were always like way ahead of me. And I remember one time I was kind of rekindling this uh, relationship, so to speak. And I kind of like you were talking about Aaron flew out to see this person and like within 40 minutes. I was like, I am so in the wrong place right now. Like I would be Mm. rather doing a million other things. And I couldn't figure out a way to get out of it. Just like you, you're like, you're going, how do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? Without being like kind of a jack wagon, like you could just stand up and go, I do, this is crazy. I'm going home. Right. (laughs) But, But that just, you know, that changes that whole thing too. And so I actually did the, the wife text. I'm like, Or I called her and I said, hey, in 10 minutes, text me and say that I have to drop everything and get back on a plane and come home. You're kidding me. Why? What's up? And I go, I can't. I I don't have time right now, but you need I'll I'll explain it later. And she goes, all right. So, you know, I'm sitting at dinner and all of a sudden, ding, phone. And I'm like, like, oh, oh, crap. The guy I was with was like, what's up? And I'm like, dude, dude, I got to bail, man. (laughs) And he's like, is everything all right? I go, It wouldn't be if, I mean, she would never text me like this if something was up. Let me, let me call. And so then I kind of excused myself, made the phone call, like for 10 minutes, came back. I'm like, I, I, I got I like literally have to get the next plane out of town. And I drove myself to the airport and went like, okay, cool. Now what do I do? Get a couple beers, figure out where I want to really go. <laughs> you know, I can't, I, home. I can't believe you told that story right in front of me. Yeah, it wasn't you. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be 
a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD, employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.